0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Queerly Recommended, the podcast where we recommend the best in queer TV, film, fiction, and more. I'm Chris Bryant, a contemporary romance writer with almost 20 books about women loving women, and my next book comes out May 1st.
1: Today, I will be recommending a Hallmark movie. I know, I can't believe it either. And I'm Tara Scott. I review queer women's fiction at The Lesbian Review, Smart Bitches Trashy Books, and Lambda Literary, and I will be recommending a queer documentary. If you would like to support our show, we have a Ko-fi link in the show notes. It's a site where people can support their favorite content creators like us. If you'd like to, that's great. If not, absolutely no pressure. But maybe another way to support the show could just be to tell a friend who needs some queer media in their life. For sure. So, Chris. Yes. You usually read the listener questions. Yes. (laughs) But we got one that when you saw it, You burst out laughing immediately, and I didn't know what you were talking about, why you were laughing, or what it was about, so I figure I'll read the question today. (laughs) So we have a question from loyal listener, friend of the podcast, Wendy, which just says, nipples or cheese? Exactly, and I love that.
0: (laughs) So most people know that I have a Patreon page where the money goes to animal shelters around, actually around the world anymore. But this month for April, Wendy is a patron and uh, it was her turn. She got to select the charity or the shelter that she wanted. And so they have a a wish list. And so I, what what happens is I go in and I I use the wish list and I send it to directly to Wendy and then she'll take it in to the shelter, Mm -hmm. to the shelter. And that's how we do it. Every month, we pick one, and we send it to that person, and they take it in. So everybody gets to experience it. So anyway, so we did a big list, and um, <laughs> and so so she so she got a lot of stuff yesterday on Easter, I guess mm-hmm. yesterday Sunday, and we were still waiting on two things. And I said. I go. You're waiting on nipples and cheese because, really, who isn't? That was my text message. (laughs) Because the shelter had asked for Velveeta, those big blocks of Velveeta cheese, because it's easier to Uh give uh, the animals their medicine in cheese. Because you know the pill pockets. Some animals don't like pill pockets. And then Mm -hmm. the nipples. It's just like a little tiny bottle feeder for like little tiny baby animals. And so they they had asked for this tiny nipple. Bottle feed thing with a bunch of different nipples. Right. So, so that was my text today that she was waiting on those two items, and so nipple or cheese, and so basically, who is it for either one or both? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So that's that was a great question.
1: So the answer is both. Oh my god. Yes. Well, you know what? I like to think that's a sign from the universe that we should tell people donate to your local animal shelter. Oh, for sure. I mean,
0: like the shelters here, even where I live, they're just, there's so many animals, so many pets Mm -hmm. that need homes. And so, you know, we try to do the best that we can to help support the animals around, you know, it's a small dent, but you know, it makes a dent. So that's the important thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I need to do a thing before we get started on this podcast. Okay. So what's your thing? One of my patrons, one of my friends, Shy, went up to canada and i thought she was going to bring you back to me but instead look what she brought me
1: <gasps> right it's craft smooth peanut butter did you take no, it is i'm it doing i'm pu- doing
0: it live on
1: the podcast oh my god that is the same this exact same peanut butter <laughs> I, I put in my smoothie this morning oh that's amazing
0: so yeah so i haven't opened it yet so, the seal is Shy. still on it.
1: Look at that. Shy's doing the Lord's word. Right.
0: So, here's, here's the interesting thing. You have a super easy peanut butter cookie recipe on this. I'm going to read this off. It says mm-hmm. one cup of Kraft smooth peanut butter, a half a cup of sugar, and one egg. And that's it. That's the fucking cookie. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, anyway, so I'm going to taste this. And then maybe bake some cookies. And then maybe bake some cookies and I'm done. Look how that, I love that. That's like my favorite thing is the very smooth, somewhere around here I have a spoon. Like, cause who doesn't? Wait, what?
1: Do you not eat chunky peanut butter? (gasps) No. Blasphemy, no. I don't do, no, I'm a, I'm a smooth, creamy. That's the most boring texture. That's why I like it in my (sighs) smoothies, but not on toast. Oh, I'll totally, I can't find my spoon. So I'm going to have to do, you know. It's also better if you're... Oh, you're just going to stick your finger right in. What else? I can't find... I know. It's mine. (laughs) It's all mine.
0: Okay, so... So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I'm going to do it. I like it. I like it. It's just peanut butter. I know, but uh, see here I brought my Jif. So I'm in bed with Jif and uh, Kraft. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm they're very similar
1: yeah i don't find them very i don't find them to be yeah. that different either wow yummy i've tried JIF before and like they're just i don't know they're basically the same but craft is just the one that we all get well, here. because it has a cute bear it has two bears who
0: is that gonna right? buy this over JIF, if <laughs> J-I-F.
1: <laughs> so yeah, like, like kids are supposed to uh, give right. a shit about the three colors on JIF when there's like two adorable bears right because
0: even as an adult i'm gonna go for the two adorable bears right
1: yes it is a queer podcast, after all. Yeah, it is. <laughs> right. And the bears are queer. They just look queer. Nah, I was making a bear joke. Yeah, you were. forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. So, Chris. Yes. What have you been reading or watching?
0: Well, I think we all need to discuss Killing Eve, because that was some bullshit, and the whole world is pissed.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I have never been so glad to have bailed on a show after the first <laughs> season. <laughs> I did watch some kind soul posted to Twitter just the part with them kissing at the end. Mm-hmm. So I just watched that and I was like, this is very lovely. And for me, that is that where is the it end. will end. I
0: think for 98% of the population, they will forget about the final two minutes of that show. And just leave it at the, the kiss, the beautiful kiss at the end. Mm-hmm. Because I have been watching the show for four years. And yeah. you know how I am. So like the first season was like amazing. It was yes. fantastic. The best thing ever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, there was a lot of just the undertones, the queer undertones at the in the first season. Because Sandra it's O really? came out and she's like, oh, it's not gay. It's not about queerness. It's, that's not what this attraction is. I'm like, okay, Whatever. And the second season was great. second season was great. it wasn't as good as the first, but it was great mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the third season was kind of lukewarm. just you know it wasn't great. it was lukewarm, yeah, but I was it, I was committed and then it was like here here's the fourth and final season so of course, I had to watch it had to watch it. so how was it up until the
1: last episode? uh bad I didn't really care much
0: for the uh, for the fourth season no. they brought in characters that I'm sure it, it's going to, you know, I don't think this is really the end of the whole Killing Eve saga. Somebody said, I was talking to Rachel Lacey and she said that they're going to be doing like a prequel with Caroline. That's what I heard. Oh. I don't know if that's I don't I didn't like investigate it, but they they brought some characters in that I'm like, "Why are these characters even in this?" Like the last, they brought in a new killer, two new killers in this season, and it was just weird. Like the whole thing was just it just i I wanted it to be done because i wanted
1: them to have their happy ending and Mm. oh my god which they get in the books yes yes it's the thing that's surprising like why would you take a book with a happy ending and then take it out especially for television i would be less surprised if it happened in a film because like sorry but we don't get happy endings very often for gay ladies in film yet but like why would i i don't understand it and especially well i guess there there's probably like four people who weren't paying attention to the twitter drama or haven't been watching the show but basically they kiss they're together isn't this beautiful they have what is effectively like a wedding is my understanding only for villanelle to get killed in that kind of per in that the way it was described i'll say in a twitter thread i was reading or maybe it was that they were making an analogy to a wedding because for people who have gotten married there's this really kind of common part of that day where you just have a moment together where you relax at the end of it all and there's that relief and apparently that's when villanelle gets killed
0: i would like to say something um you're do. so wrong but um <laughs> i am <laughs> so what happens well, then, is there is a wedding <laughs> there is a there's oh. a wedding on this boat and the twelve. The Twelve is a secret Mm. group society, and they hire assassins to kill everybody. Mm -hmm. And so, like, Eve is out to kill the Twelve, and so is Villanelle. Like, that is their goal. And so Mm -hmm. there's this massive wedding going on uh, in this, on this, like, houseboat. It's just a big boat, a yacht-type thing. And so the Twelve meet down below. They, like, the Twelve get together, and they find out that the Twelve are on this boat. Upstairs, awesome wedding going on. Everybody's loving it. And actually, Eve performs the ceremony because they think that she is like the preacher who is going to marry these people. And it's they actually now that I think about it, what am I? I'm not even thinking. It's she marries two gay guys. And so so then there's a celebration upstairs. Everybody's dancing. Eve is up there dancing. She's loving it. And Villanelle is downstairs killing everybody. So she pops up. Upstairs to the dance, and she sees Eve dancing, and, D- and Eve sees her, and so Eve leaves the dance. And then they're like, It's done, now we can be together. And they kiss, and then pow. But here's the beautiful thing: Villanelle actually saves her, says, Get in the water, jump mm-hmm. in the water. And so they jump in the water, and then, like, the sniper who's like 12 miles away in the dark mm-hmm. manages to shoot her several times in the water. You know, I mean, nobody could have made that shot. No. Yeah, but she gets shot several times. And so Eve jumps up, you know, she's, she gets back up above water or above, yeah, above water and she screams. And then Caroline, she's talking in a walkie talkie. She's like, it's done. So, you know that there's some more shit going on. So I personally, my thing was, I did not think that Caroline made the shot. I think somebody else did. Because there's no way, like I said, that far away, in the dark, in the water, not going to happen. Here's something else. Think about this. I have a lot of issues with this. Oh. (laughs) I mean, for all the things. Fair. just Yeah, for all the things. But also, like, we're rooting the serial killer. Like, we're rooting for the serial killer to get together with this intelligence agent. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just, it's such a weird, like, how how did we, how did
1: we even, like, she's so likable. And it's so is wrong. She, but is she, is she a serial killer? Like, is she killing for well, sport? She, or is it yes. her job? She's an assassin. It's both. She
0: does both. She's an assassin, but she'll kill people if they piss her off. Mm-hmm. Unlike Dexter,
1: who... Do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, I guess. But like Dexter, we were all rooting for him.
0: And he was killing people, but he was killing all the bad people. Yes. So, so it's kind of like... Yes. It's interesting that, like, as a society, we root that on. And same thing with The Walking Dead. Like, there's a whole thing with Negan and Maggie. And Negan had killed Maggie's husband, but the whole world wants to get them together now. Like, they forgot mm-hmm. that he killed her husband in front of her with a bat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I don't forget things like that. I'm not going to, like, hook up no. with somebody who, like, just killed the love of my life. It's not going to happen.
1: No, that that is a fair point. And I mean, I get what you mean. Like Villanelle is not. She's Oof. yeah. She she is she is absolutely she hilarious. Is a yes. <laughs> she does some pretty reprehensible things, but also I still think it's you can't have that. Like they they put the kissing in just to have the barrier gaze, mm-hmm. right? Like, and especially given backlash against any barrier gaze story isn't dying down right it's people are continuously more vocal about it and it felt in this case kind of needless yeah for sure like couldn't she have just stopped assassinating people like couldn't she just that that's just not her job anymore
0: i think she tried it and it didn't work like, then she started killing for sport. That's what happened in this season. Oh. She went away, I think, some religious camp, I guess I want to say. And she got tired mm-hmm. of everybody, so she killed them. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm laughing, but, you know, she's not She's not a good person. But no. a psychopath really doesn't have much of a heart. You know, it just... Mm-hmm. And so I think Eve's the first person that actually broke through and made her think, like, hey, maybe there is hope for me. And so that they built on that mm-hmm. hope and then they just shredded us at the end it was unnecessary
1: yeah well in conclusion that sucks. Suck you yeah. <laughs> whoever made that choice I know
0: not happy with you
1: <laughs> oh well that was did you watch any of the um interview clips no. with the two actors oh. Oh, I saw one in particular where Jodie Comer Well, they both did, but Jodie Comer especially looked really nervous about what the audience reception was going to be. Like, I think they just knew people love these characters so much that, oh, this is going to be a hated ending. People are not going to care for the way this ended. And she was right. She was right. Because she knew. She knew this was wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: She knew this was wrong.
1: Well, have you been watching anything else?
0: Uh, I have been writing like the wind because I have a deadline coming Woo! up.
1: So I haven't
0: really been watching a lot. I mean, I've, I have like American Idol on, uh, sort of kind of watching that. I started Halo, the series. I think it's on Paramount Plus. Everything is on Paramount right. Plus these days. I know, except then they take them off. So fuck them. <laughs> I took off Australian Survivor, which I loved. It's so oh, much yeah. better than the American one. We talked about this.
1: And they still haven't yeah, put it back mad. on, and I'm mad. I'm still mad. You, my friend, need to look into a VPN so you can watch whatever you want from wherever in the world. Okay, maybe I will. But then will I ever write? like if I get so if I get down that rabbit hole, I'll never VPNs are fake don't don't do it. they're just like nFts. It's all gonna explode. <laughs> <Just> keep writing. <laughs> okay, fair enough.
0: Yeah, so I only watched two so here's the deal. So like mm-hmm. with Halo because i did not play the game but i started watching it and i watched like the first episode i was like oh that's really cool i think i'm gonna like this but Mm -hmm. there's so much information there's like a dump 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 of like who these people Uh... are and stuff so it's like i have to actually pay attention so i had to like bail on that after the second episode until i get to the point where i can actually watch a show again without like american idol i can listen to people sing it's no big deal yeah Anyway, my gosh, I feel like I've been talking this whole time. What about you? What have you been reading or watching?
1: <laughs> Drag race. RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, always, always. It's the only thing I'm religious about anymore. <laughs> um, so season 14 is almost over. There, The winner will be crowned by the time this episode goes up. I don't actually know who I want to win. I almost don't care. Wow. And not... Not in the same way, do you remember with UK versus the world when I was like, I don't care who right. wins because I don't give a shit about any right. of these people. It's the opposite of that. So they actually have a top five, which is kind of interesting. They've never had a top five before. There's four that I like much better than one of the other ones, but honestly, any of them could take it. And, and you'd be okay I with it. I would be happy. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, they're just all so good for such different reasons, but I think I kind of actually want Lady Camden to win, which is a big surprise for me. She's um, British, but has been living in the U.S. for a long time, I think for, like, 10 years or something like that, but was one of those contestants that she was just treated almost like a filler queen. Nobody thought she was going to go anywhere. She was going to be gone mid-season, and then she just, like, kicked ass along the way and won the most challenges and was, like, just a sleeper, incredible... So good. So I'd kind of like her to win because I think that would be a great story. But if any of the other ones did, that would be fine. They've, of course, we can't go for longer than a week without a drag race season happening. And so they have (laughs) announced the cast.
0: Oh, that's right. I think I tagged you on that. Somebody posted it Mm -hmm. and I was like, hey, did you see this?
1: Yes, so they've announced the cast for RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 7, and I'm very excited because it is an all-winners season. So it's all queens who are previous winners of the series. Honestly, like, I'm excited about everyone. There's some that I'm more excited about than others, but all the queens that are selected are so good, so stunning, super talented. The two that I'm most excited to see is Raja, who won in season three. So that was a long time ago. And Jinx Monsoon, who won in season five, also a long time ago. They've had a lot of time to just continue to refine and grow in their craft. And I want to see what they bring now compared to where they were at more than a decade ago. That's, oh, that's probably the thing I'm most excited <laughs> in media at the moment. I've started watching Queer Eye again because I seem to only watch it whenever I'm migrainey, y which unfortunately has been lately. It's like the perfect gentle thing to put on while I'm like, oh, my head. (laughs) I'm in season five, which is in Philadelphia. Okay. I saw that. I saw season five. I feel like it was quite rude for them to do the episode with the gay minister from the Lutheran church only to end it well first of all that episode was wonderful he was beautiful his journey was wonderful I hope at some point along the way when they spent their week with him that they talked to him about the fact that you can go for therapy for religious trauma because he clearly needed it and as someone who has gone for therapy for religious trauma it's fucking great <laughs> highly I recommend, recommend <laughs> Highly recommend. If you, like me, like that pastor, grew up in an evangelical tradition and it like fucked with your brain and your self worth and all of it, find a therapist who can help with that. It will be the best money you will spend in the whole of your life. But we watched that and I'm feeling all of these failings. And he says this beautiful speech where he tells his story to everybody who's there for the 125th anniversary. And then they're like, hey, we want to introduce you to this dog. And then they did an in-memoriam for the dog Brulee who was there in the last two seasons. And I was like, how very fucking dare you
0: guys.
1: (laughs) How dare you. Like the ultimate one-two punch. Hey, hey, you're feeling all these like complicated feelings about this wonderful pastor and his journey and what he's going through. But also, the The dog dog died. died. So rude. (laughs) They could have just let me, because I was like, and i was wondering i was like oh, i am not really where Burleigh is and i thought oh well maybe maybe uh, his mom went to work on another show nope <sighs> nope not the case but speaking of queer eye i have been listening to jonathan van ness's memoir that's called over the top a raw journey to self-love and it's very good it's very very good i got it in audio from the library, I super recommend it, especially in audio, because it's just him telling his story, and it sounds very conversational, very like his style when you see him on any kind of an interview or on Queer Eye or anything. it's <laughs> He's not lying when he says that it's raw. He does not get into details, but does reference the fact that he was molested when he was a kid by another kid. Mm like a somewhat older kid than him when he was quite little and how, you know, the police got involved at one point and all that talk. You know, he talks about addiction in his teens, some of the sketchy... I I think he would probably describe as somewhat sketchy sex that he experienced as he was trying to figure himself out. The point at which I just stopped, which I think is not even halfway. Um, He talks about when he was in college and started sex work as a way to you know pay some bills because he didn't want to ask his mom to like pay for extra stuff he got kicked out of campus housing and so like it has some really serious stuff in there yeah it's so good though to hear like because he not just talks about he doesn't just talk about that but he also reflects on like and in therapy i learned that this behavior is this or like that kind of like making those connections and I can tell it's one of those books that has probably helped many, many people. It's definitely, I would, I would say it's worth the time checking out. And he has a new book out that uh, I think I'm going to check out after this because I'm enjoying this one so much. Nice. So, Chris, okay. what is your official recommendation this week?
0: This is so exciting. Okay. So I was a little stressed. Like, what is happening? What am I going to do? What am I going to recommend? I've been so busy writing. And then I remembered, I remembered that Hallmark was airing an LGBTQ movie. And it was last night. It's a, it's a movie called Love Classified. Love, comma, classified. And it's a real short, here's, here's the little blurb. Romance novelist Amelia, her name is Amelia Bloom. They forget to say that. That's important in the story. Romance novelist Emilia returns home after a long absence to reconnect with her children who also are finding their own paths to love. They are older. They are living their life. They're probably in their 30s. So let's start at the beginning, shall we? It starts off Mm -hmm. and uh, Emilia Bloom, who's played by Melora Hardin, Hardin? She's from The Office. That Most people would probably know her from The Office. Oh, okay. Uh, she's like one of the bosses on The Office. But she is a New York Times bestselling author. And so she's, going, she's on this massive, huge book tour. And so she adds her hometown as the last stop. And this gives her time to try to reconnect with her children. She has two kids. Uh, she has a daughter, Taylor, played by Catherine McNamara. Who owns a plant store. It's an actual plant store. It's not like a flower shop. It's a plant store. Mm -hmm. And it's called Bloomeria. (laughs) Taylor, Bloom, Bloomeria. Total hallmark. I mean, this thing is covered with cheese. But I loved every freaking minute of it.
1: That's such a (laughs) bad (laughs) store (laughs) name. I
0: know. Yeah, so. And her son, Zach, he's an artist. And so he is trying to come up with the design to uh, help the local bookstore called Between Two Covers is the name of the bookstore. That's and cute. so he's going to paint this mural. And so he's trying to figure out, you know, what is what is he going to paint? And so he keeps going back like, here, I want to do this. And they're like, nope, we don't like it. And so it's just like the whole thing. That's so cute how, how the whole thing comes full circle. I just, mm-hmm. I loved it. It was so, I just enjoyed it so much. So where it comes love classified it's basically there's a digital app it, well a digital app it's just an app and it's called classified right. and what it is is it it does everything it it helps people who have businesses you know how do I want to say this uh like market their business to other businesses plus it also is like a dating app and it does everything for this little town and I think this town's called Penfield and you know of course it's the perfect quaint little perfect town And, you know, there's like a flower shop and a coffee shop and not a flower shop, a plant shop. Ooh, Look at me. Bloomeria. Bloomeria and uh, the bookstore and the coffee shop. Anyway, um, so what happens is Amelia, her husband Mm -hmm. died five years ago. And so rather than deal with it, she left. She just went on this. She just went away, left for five years, didn't really talk to the kids at all. And how she explained it is just like she was just trying to self heal, and she didn't want her children to see the pain, but they saw her as running away, mm-hmm. and so it was her job to like reconnect with her children. So back to this app, this classified. This is really cute. So like at Bloom area, there's Taylor, and then there's Hannah, the worker, the little. She's younger. She knows how to do everything. She can multitask. She knows how to use the app and use different things. And, like, she blows her boss's mind all the time. And she encourages her. Hannah encourages her boss, Taylor, to, like, throw something up on the app. And maybe, like, for both business and personal reasons. So she does the business thing. And then when she goes home, she decides to throw up. Throw up. <laughs> she decides to uh, She just vomits all over. She just <laughs> vomits all over. <laughs> 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 so she... um she, I'm trying to think, Roots, no, Rooting For You is, is her handle, Rooting For You. And so there's a, uh, I know, I'm not kidding you, this is cheese, and everybody loved it. Like, Twitter was so alive, because Amelia, yes. you know, uh, Malora, she actually tweeted, live tweeted the whole time. So, Aww. like, so many of us were, like, on it. We are like, responding, and, and it was yeah. just so much fun. It's always fun when they do that. Yeah. She starts talking to somebody the heart is a muscle that requires exercise, is their handle. And so she starts talking, to- their, hand- their name is Frankie. And so she starts talking to Frankie, and they have this really great relationship, you know, on, the, on the, the app. And they decide to meet at the coffee shop. So she goes into the coffee shop, and she's looking around, and they're, you know, all pretty people. And she's like, oh, I don't know who Frankie is. And so she goes to this guy, and she's like, are you Frankie? And he's like, no. <laughs> and uh and so, oh no
1: she thinks she's meeting a man doesn't she
0: she thinks she's meeting a man oh. so then frankie is really doctor like francesca i can't remember her last name but it's played by ari mandy who played danny in the l word generation q no like, my favorite character i was like ah!
1: Meant to be. i knew
0: this movie was coming out but i didn't really study the cast i kind of wanted to be surprised just be like oh pretend I turned on Hallmark and here's this gay movie because yeah. all the movies are gay so this is great <laughs> so when I saw her I was like oh my god daddy yeah so I was super excited about that so so Taylor like she's like okay so maybe I should take a chance and and see where this relationship goes not in has never actually been into women but only because nobody's ever really interested her but Frankie interests her Mm -hmm. their relationship is very prominent and she also has a best friend who's gay and it turns out that he do i give things away or not can i give things away should
1: i what do you want to do
0: i i i don't really want to give too much away but anyway so it's really (laughs) cute So we jump into their lives, and it's fast-paced, and it like it's it's interwoven so well. Like the storyline is so cute and so well written. Mm-hmm. Like who says that about Hallmark? That the two hours flew by. I like. I was it was like, what two the hell whole it hours. Was it? it was, I think so. With with commercials and stuff, it was two oh, hours. Okay. And it's just it's so cheesy and Hallmarky, but you end up with that smile. You know, you have that smile on your face, and you're like, God, yeah. I hope nobody sees me. You know, because it's so bad. And you're just like, (laughs) it's like when my sister reads a book and she gets to the end and I'm looking at her and she's got the weirdest, cheesiest grin on her face. And I'm like, "Ah -ah!" (laughs) and so that's kind of how you leave the movie. It's just, it's so adorable. And it's a shit ton better than the happiest season. I mean, (sighs) right. I know. I'm just saying, if you want a really cute, queer story that actually has a lot of meat to it there's a lot going on Mm -hmm. in this story and it's just it was just so good I think we all need a nice romance especially after the killing eve bullshit right I needed a happy ending so I went from like fuck everything I hate everything Mm -hmm. blah 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 and then I'm like I'm gonna watch this Hallmark movie and I was like I love love again it still exists I'm gonna keep writing it you know that that was how that was my outtake I just I loved it I thought it was great I recommend it I think you can find it online, hallmark.com. Mike, it was mm-hmm. like the main channel. It wasn't like an offshoot, like, oh, go to this Hallmark, you know, kind of like Off Broadway. It wasn't mm-hmm. like that. It was like the main channel. Like moms everywhere, straight moms everywhere. They got to see this movie. I'm going to try to find it. I don't know if it's possible to get in
1: Canada, but I'm going to see what I can do because I you should. it's
0: it's, really, it's see it. Yeah. And, and here's the deal. Like they had really good actors and the acting was spot on. It wasn't like over the top, you know, how sometimes Hallmark is cutesy dimply and stuff and oh (laughs) imagine you're here it's not like that like there's like some meat to this because they had some really good actors in this movie so I highly recommend it that's my recommendation this week what about you
1: Tara what's your recommendation okay so I feel like this is almost like a meta recommendation because I recommend a film that you recommended to me you had watched (laughs) it I think it was this week that you watched it right Yes. And you texted me and you were like, oh my God, I watched this documentary. You got to watch it. It's like they made it for you. And I started watching it. I'm like, I don't know. And then I kept watching it. I was like, oh my God, it's like they made yes, it for me. It's
0: amazing. It is an amazing documentary. And I'm so excited you made this your recommendation. Yes.
1: So it came out in 2016 and it is called Queer Core. Now, is it available on any streaming services in Canada? No. But is it also available on YouTube? Yes. So, <laughs> thank you whoever uploaded it to YouTube because I absolutely <laughs> wanted to watch it on a legit platform and it wasn't possible. And also, I think it's a bit rude given the how queercore came about in the first place. It should be available in Canada. Right. So, Right. Toronto. Woo-hoo. Right? Right. So, it is about So, queercore is basically an offshoot of punk music featuring LGBTQ people and where it all really started if i'm recalling correctly because i watched bits of it kind of over a couple of days but like it started in the 1980s and it was after talking about how i really like how when it was grounding kind of where it started it featured jane county showing her from the 1970s she was a punk singer with a band uh, i forget her band's name but went by and you can still when you're looking up her music it's easier to find if you look up Wayne County which I know is her dead name but also is kind of used interchangeably when talking about her in this period of time. Mm-hmm. But talking about how that first wave of punk that there was, you know, quite a bit of queerness to it and they kind of held her up as the great example and I think, you know, when you and I were talking about this last year when I was looking into the history especially with that first wave of punk, you have like Lou Reed who's openly bisexual and was dating a trans woman at one point. You have The New York Dolls who, like, I'm sorry, but look at any photo of them together and, like, the makeup and the looks just all looked very, very queer. And then there was that second wave that came through with more of, you know, it was harder. It was kind of more of that, like, DIY style music because the mainstream music industry didn't want anything to do with them. And as much as like punk was supposed to be like, no, we're anarchists and fuck right. you, and we do what we want. There was also this very, hom- but but no homos. <laughs> like it's like excuse right. me, the second like, wave. Yeah, there's no not rules so. except except if you're a dude, you better not suck another dude's dick. Like what? <laughs> Pardon? Like that sounds kind of like rules and constraints, right? And so there were these two people out of Toronto. So Bruce LeBruce and G.B. Benson who basically got together and said, gosh, it would be great if there was a queer punk scene. Let's make a zine about it. And then maybe the scene will follow. And they basically took a fake it till you make it approach of a punk offshoot. And it fucking worked. Which just like blows my mind. It's so cool. And it's so, and there's a lot of, so (laughs) first of all, if you haven't guessed this is not a safe documentary for kids (laughs) right no at all it shows a lot of photos or like scans of some of those old zines and there's just like dicks all over the place right i actually found there wasn't that much female nudity but anyway like there's just like there's a lot of nudity a lot about sex because that's kind of the point Right. For some of it, like if it's going to be about queerness, we're going to make it about our sex because you're trying to tell us to sort of keep that hidden away. And it was really interesting, I thought, kind of near the beginning, because it wasn't just them. They were also showing clips of the artist Penny Arcade. They brought, they had John Waters speak about it as well. This idea that straightness is not necessarily a sexual orientation. Which I think for me was the first, like, my mind was blowing kind of thing. Because they were talking about how it was a time when more and more LGBTQ people felt comfortable coming out. But there was also this, but there's a right way to be gay. And there's like, there's a right way to be queer in public, and you need to behave. And like, if we're going to be able to make gains, we all need to behave. And there's these queer punks that are like, fuck you. We've been out all along. We've been fighting all along. We've been punk all along. And you're going to tell us how to be queer? You're just as straight as all the heterosexual people. And John Waters talking about how, like, for him, because he wasn't interested in that. He wasn't interested in conformity. And he would find it easier and more desirable to go pick up men at a punk bar Mm -hmm. than a gay bar. Even though he knew not all the men there would be punk, but they would be more open-minded. Or sorry, not that they would all be gay, but that they would be more open-minded. I found that so, so fascinating. (laughs) And then I also, so that part I thought was really interesting. And then when I was like, oh, oh God, okay, here I am. Here's what I was looking for. Because back last year when I was trying, because I had this, like these little inklings, like I said, with Lou Reed, with Jane County, with the New York Dolls and all these things where I'm like, well, surely there seemed to be some intersection with, like queerness and punk but like i couldn't quite put it together and i didn't have anybody who could put it together for me and seeing that like as much as this is about it was called homocore at first so as much as it was about homocore then later called queer core it also has this deep intersection with riot girl music because they are directly contemporaneous they're happening at the same time kathleen Hanna from bikini kill is in it talking about how she was directly, incredibly influenced by G.B. Benson and Bruce LaBruce and their publications and their films. And then hearing about how Kurt Cobain was also influenced by that. And I was like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> like my little 15 year old self freaked out right. a little bit. <laughs> and I even teared up like when it started playing, it was a clip. I don't know if it was. I can't remember if it's from a music video or like concert footage of Hole playing the song Olympia, because oh, yeah. that's a song that like, oh, I'm a teenager when I hear it. <laughs> like you just can't avoid it. But the, so brilliant is Kathleen Hanna saying, "Well, I saw what they did, and I kind of did the same thing." And so she made Riot Girl a thing because she just talked about it and she got interviewed at this like national level publication. <laughs> I know. Where she's like, the Riot girl movement's happening all right. across the US. <laughs> yes. And she names like a bunch of cities and she's like, I made it all up. Right. But then it but happened. It happened. And it- exactly. Oh. And That's so for, amazing. For me, the fact that it happened not once, but twice. And the one directly influencing the other was so brilliant. And I think the thing that I appreciate about this that I haven't been able to get out of other punk documentaries, which to be fair, is mostly because it was released in 2016 and so it's newer than some of the other ones like punk attitude is a fantastic one if you want to get a sense of the punk movement from like the very roots to like 2010 but there but i had been very much like a okay but then what happened and the thing that i like about this film is that it gives the what happened and like no it's not around in quite the same way anymore but you see it come out with like beth ditto and gossip started out very punk even though they're kind of more poppy disco-y now according to what they said i haven't actually listened to them and they also talked to peaches who it's funny a few years ago i had somebody introduce me to peaches music as like this peaches is over the top it's so crazy and it's like yeah it's like super super sexual and almost feels it felt almost absurdly so at the time but watching this documentary, I was like, oh fuck, I get what Peaches was doing. <laughs> Peaches was updating Queer Core for the time we were in, which is so cool. So, yeah, I loved it. And there was something so interesting about the ending, because I forget who was the guy that got the last word, but he says something along the lines of I don't know if we need Queer Core anymore but we also shouldn't assume we've arrived. And I found that so powerful to be watching now as Florida has passed their don't say gay mm-hmm. bullshit. Mm-hmm. As so many states are are legislating, Texas, yeah. yeah, Texas, many others are putting in anti-trans legislation. And so this was released in 2016 so it was filmed and put together ahead of the election where trump got in Mm -hmm. and to see how in six short years we actually need queer court now more than ever we needed to come back and we needed to come back in a big way and we need queer people to be loud and brash and we need to be using our voices and saying fuck you we've been here we're gonna be here Oh yeah, even if it makes oh, yeah. you uncomfortable. Right. Oh, I love this. I love this documentary.
0: <laughs> I know I watched it twice. Did you? It was brilliant. Yeah, I thought it was brilliant uh, for sure. I mean, it was like it talked about a whole cultural movement. I mean, just mm-hmm. just how to how to get out, how to go against society's norms, how to like just be loud, like you said, and be brass about it, and mm-hmm. and just like and like I love the whole. Um, you know women taking back women and how the feminists were kind of against the whole riot girl movement because yeah. of the whole like here suck my dick while i'm on stage and like that's a rite of culture or rite of passage for some of the fans yeah and so all the feminists were getting all up in arms about oh you know you're setting us back however many years so you know i looked at it from like women's standpoint as far as like how far they've come and, and how far feminism what it really means to different Mm -hmm. people different groups of people so um yeah like for sure we need it we still need it it's not done i think it's always going to be around um obviously the internet came about and really helped push i think for today's time um you know back then they did the like you said the photocopies of like these little tiny rags that they created from their in their house or whatever Mm -hmm. and and uh and so now you know the internet's here and so you can reach a lot more people a lot quicker than you could back then so um yeah our obligation we have to get out there
1: it's okay to be queer hell yeah Mm -hmm. maybe write to your legislator maybe buy a queer book or donate to the aclu yeah Yeah.
0: exactly (laughs) do it all do everything
1: yep All right, that is all for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. If you've enjoyed the show, please make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You'll get notified when we release an episode. And like I said before, if you have a friend that you think would like the show, please, please let them know about it because that's literally everything we just talked about is why we are here. We want to connect people to the media that is going to help them feel seen, that is going to help them matter, and we want to support queer content creators. All right.
0: And if you want to connect with us on your favorite social media sites, just search for Queerly Recommended on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or email us at podcast at Thank you and goodbye, everyone.
1: Goodbye, everybody. I had a lot to say about that <laughs> I, I had so
0: much I had four pages but I'm like it's not my recommendation it's not my recommendation you took four
1: pages of notes four, on it's not your four, recommend I what know. did I not say that you would have wanted to say
0: no I uh well I just basically when I watched it I just I went through just like things that caught my attention you know like a mm. secret society a farce that became real mm-hmm. I mean just the way they said certain things Toronto, we've been invented a whole scene. Behavior was still policed. Gender, repre- re- gender representation was still policed. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't. W- they wanted to be a circus, not a church, which I thought was cool. I really liked oh, that. Oh yeah, that was that a good was one. So good. Yeah. I
1: also loved that person talking about how they went to Pride and they went alone, like they went to San Francisco Pride basically in search of their people because they didn't have. Oh people yeah, yeah, yet. yeah. Silas, <gasps> I think was it Silas. And just like joined this float that was like, yeah, we're fucking up a police car. That's where I want right. to be. And then made lifelong friends.
0: Right. It's so yeah.
1: beautiful.
0: And that and they had a picture of that. They still have that their picture. I love yeah. that. Yeah. It was such a good. It was such a good documentary. And I was I was really surprised mm-hmm. about the Green Day. Like oh yeah, there's so much music now that I watch it and I'm like this. Like, even yeah. Avril Lavigne, she has a new song out. Yeah. And it's so still, has, like, little trails of punkdom from, yes. you know, you can, you can certainly yes. tell with her. Uh, so it's just like, and Green Day, you know, they were, I think, what's his name? The Billy, he's, yeah, yeah. I think he's bi, isn't he bisexual? And mm, for them to, yeah, I think so. I think he's bisexual. And so yeah. for them, they took the punk music and made them their
1: opening acts. Oh yeah, what were they? The pansy, pansy something over there?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, something like that. Pansy.
1: I'm gonna look pansies. It yeah, look it. Up. um, yeah, like using, like giving a group like that a platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Pansy and division. Like just
0: the pan, the pansy division. There it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it says queer music saves queers. I thought that was really good. Yes. It's okay to be queer. Uh, stick to your people. Trust them and stay together. Mm-hmm. Wait, media hype. Oh, yeah. Somebody said media hype had to die out in the media spice and turn into the spice girl. Something weird. I was like, No. Oh,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah they yeah. were talking about the riot girl movement. Yes. And how it kind of like hit its peak and then fizzled out because everybody felt like it was too commercial well no but it was almost like too commercial they were turning it almost like media darlings and then they were replaced by the spice girls which i kind of went "Whoa, that's (laughs) that had to hurt interesting well because it was never about money with them it was never about money and and like with
0: everybody else since then it's been about money Mm -hmm. because you know i mean yeah it's just we've just become that that capitalist society where we need money that's what we just want money we think money yeah. equals success equals fulfillment you yeah. know and that's not always the case
1: yeah well and i think your point about white feminism oh well about feminism it was really great and is that kind of that great reminder that so much of mainstream feminism is about just trying to continue to prop up and give more and more power to straight white affluent women mm-hmm. who keep saying just just wait just wait your turn and we'll make sure it gets better. But we just need more. And it's like, okay, but what about, like, the black women and the trans women and the and the lesbians and the bisexual women? Like, what about, like, what about all the BIPOC women? What about all these other... No, 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 no. We right. just need more. <laughs> and it's like... I, I know. love that there was this movement that was like, I'm sorry, I literally don't give a shit what you think. I am going to be a lesbian up on the stage and I'm gonna make a straight boy suck my fake dick suck my, yeah <laughs> I was like whoa
0: and well, he, I saw really,
1: he really went at it he did like, he knew
0: what he was doing enthusiastically I, love that. Here's, I here's the deal if I was like seven years older I would have totally been lost in that scene I would have lost myself to that scene yep. I know that I would have I I was like my best friend in high school she was so right there like mm-hmm. she she was ahead of of her time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was like into the punk scene, the, the, she always did things to her hair and like the doc Martins and the black yeah. leather coats. And she would go, Oh, so here's something, here's something. Yeah. I, I went to some event. Um, my best friend, Chris, we, um, it was probably like 20, I was probably 25. And so like we have this magazine, it's called the pitch. Mm -hmm. And this was back in the day where you'd, like, go and you'd, like, every Tuesday, you'd go and get this magazine because it had, like, the best of whatever. And it would have, like, all these, like, ads. Like, just, it was a very young, hip magazine or Mm -hmm. print newspaper or whatever. And you could find, like, some really weird concerts that were going on around town. And so there was a house, like, in the middle of downtown Kansas City, there was a house. Mm -hmm. And Chris and I are looking at the address. We're like, what the fuck? This is where this concert is? And so we're like, okay. So we went in mm-hmm. and like, there's maybe like, I don't know, five people in the whole joint. And there was like no furniture. Like there was, it was just open. The house is all open. And there mm-hmm. had like, like one couch and like, there was like a little tiny bar where somebody was serving drinks. And so Chris and I, of course, we were like, we'll sit on the couch. Cause that's what you're supposed to do. There's a couch and like, let's sit on it. Mm-hmm. So there was like this, this punker that comes up and he's like, like just screaming in your face. Like, and it was just amazing. It was like one of the best concerts I ever went to. And I don't even know what it was. What it was. <laughs> I just know that it was like, it is stuck in my head out of like mm-hmm. so many concerts that I've been to in my life. And like, I have gone to some little tiny concerts. I mean, music was my life mm-hmm. for a long time. And that concert was just amazing. And Chris and I are just looking at each other like, this is the best fucking thing that's ever happened to us. And to this day, he's still a little like on the edge there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm more commercialized. Hey, I need some money. You know, I've turned that way. But yeah. I think that a long time ago, I think that if I was just like 10 years, seven years older, I, I would have been gone to that movement. I, I would be somewhere else. I would not be who I am today. Oh. For sure. I would have been influenced by it.
1: If I knew about Riot Girl when I was in high school, because I think a lot of it was kind of contemporary with like exactly when I was in high school in the 90s. Yeah. I think I would have had a pretty different life.
0: Right. For sure. And think if, if the internet was around back then and you knew about all this stuff, like all this stuff was just like, mm-hmm. like you maybe got lucky cause you saw it in the back of some, something somewhere yeah. and you just happened to see it. it it's never, it wasn't how it is now. Or like, you know, there's no. certain bars in Kansas city that have like, you just know that's like alternative music's going to be played there. And you go and you yeah. look at like, oh, look at this flyer. This person's going to be here. I think I remember seeing them. And it was just amazing. And so that's that's what we did. That's what I did in my twenties. I went to all these little concerts and mm-hmm. all these like weird, obscure places. And it's just it was amazing. And now I'm just like, Oh fuck, it's ten, I gotta go to bed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well on that <laughs> note should we s- <laughs> should we stop recording?
0: Oh, we, oh shit, yeah, we probably should.
1: <laughs> okay. We're stopping. Uh, the funny thing is, that all might actually make it in the episode.